This episode is brought to you by Daniel's Law LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and kaiju a go-go. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to The Crossrip. We've got an excellent show for you this week. We're going to talk about the Ghostbusters annual. Well, we're not actually going to talk about the issue. We're going to talk about how it's been delayed. A little discussion on that coming up. We're also going to talk about the Anovos patches. Are they screen accurate or not? We're going to talk about Chris Hardwick getting, you know, cornered by a guy in a Ghostbusters 2 t-shirt, and he wasn't aware that it was a Ghostbusters 2 t-shirt. And we've got a few merchandise things. We're going to talk about a Zool hoodie that Chris just randomly found. Stay tuned. It'll be a good one. Still playing with toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. A lot of our shows start with me complaining and <laughs> you never talk about anything. It's like, well, you know, it's, it's a good warm up. It's a good, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Let poor Chris talk I'm about all the shit that ails him. Yeah. Although it'd be a pretty good uh, morning drive time to Peanut and the old man. Peanut and the old man. No. Peanut and the old man, man in the morning. I saw your post about, yeah, me being the cypher and you being the old man. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Come Nobody on. knows crap about what you do. And I just talk and talk <laughs> and talk. <laughs> no. 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 We could we no. could be a good morning show. I could see that. I mean, we, we could a little yeah, like a okay. bicycle horn and maybe a rubber ducky noise or two and slide <laughs> whistling. <laughs> I occasionally listen to, to terrestrial radio and I'm kind of like, meh. Meh, not missing much. Yeah. Wish I, wish I was younger. <laughs> I'd take over. I'd try it. Yeah. Chris isn't feeling well still. I can't do it. can't do it. I'd rather listen to Gilbert Gottfried and stuff on my way into work uh, <laughs> than listen to Chuckles talk about whatever. <laughs> Yes, I, and they've started. Social media was a, a blessing for them because they just use it to mine. Oh content. God! Yeah. Now I say that as as one half of a team that does nothing but re-report stuff we found online about Ghostbusters. But still, <laughs> this is true. This is true. I mean, it, but I, yeah, the social media aspect of it comes in handy because you and I get stuff from all over the place, and and from yeah. from people like Stingray and whatever that are like, hey, check this out. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also not like I don't. But watching the Rose Parade this year was just infuriating. Like the uh, what now? The the Rose Parade that they do for New Year's Eve down here at, at uh, Pasadena. So what they do is they try to they try to make it young and hip and modern, and so they add in like the social media aspect, and everybody can live tweet on the bottom of the screen, and then you know the the on air personalities are like, oh, and. Troy from Los Angeles on Twitter writes, boy, what are those made out of? Flowers? <laughs> it was just, oh god, it was so forced. It was so awful. <sighs> anyway. Your days um, are numbered! Yeah, exactly. 
and, and, and the entire time we're watching Kelly's like, just show the floats. I just want to hear the bands. I just want to hear what's happening at the actual parade. Stop it. <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, anyway. All right, this is great warm-up. This is good. We're, we're ready to get into it. We're just going to launch sure. into it. Yeah. Uh, but before we do, um, I, I, I feel like I should talk about myself for you, Chris. Go for it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, you're collecting the uh, the Diamond Slug figures? Uh, I so have indirectly started. So now I've got uh, Quentin Time Ray, Janine, and the third one. What's the third one that I have? Is it Dana? Oh, oh, and Slimer. Slimer was Slimer. That, that same wave. So I've All got right. those three. Would yeah. you like Dana? Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. I'll call Do you have an extra Dana? My local comic shop, as I mentioned, is closing, and uh, they're clearing out their their stock, so I can grab it for like seventy percent off. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the biggest question is, I just don't have room for the diorama. I'm, I'm well, like, I'm literally just trying to. It's like Jenga trying to find places for the diorama pieces right now, just putting them into shelves in the back. It's one step at a time, right? Yeah. Like, sure, you don't have a place for the diorama, but. What does that matter if you don't have the pieces to make the diorama? Well, that's so a good point. One, yeah, one exactly. problem at a time. I almost feel like that's what I'm. If if people need the diorama pieces that they, if they don't end up having Slimer, or they don't have Janine or whatever, I'll be like, hey, I'll offer you my because I I'm never going to be able to build the entire diorama and I'm not going to get all you of the figures. Will. So you will one day. Someday, yeah. One I, day you will. I feel like Quentin Time Ray and I have a, a connection, and I'm not entirely sure why. Like that, that guy, he's sitting on my desk actually right now, as you and I are speaking, he's right here on the desk staring at me. He's looking at me, Ray. Uh, but I don't know why that, yeah, that's, that's the one figure that I was really into. Um, but maybe it's just cause yeah. it's one of those, like, yeah, it, it's different. You know, we've never maybe. seen the guys with the, the unzipped, uh, um, flight suit and, you know, yeah. dirty and grimy and I don't know. They're always well, nice and neat and clean. Uh, I'll send you the uh, I'll send you the Dana. Okay. I grabbed a bunch of other stuff uh, from the store for uh, our, our good friend uh, Naoki in Japan there for that yeah. uh, fantastic package he sent last October. Oh, I feel man. compelled to send him some stuff. So I think it went through their old uh, trade paperbacks and pulled out a bunch of the IDW trades. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's sad that the comic shop is closing, man. That's That's a bummer. That's the one that this you frequent s- once a week, right? That's your yeah. go-to. And this is the second one that's closed down on me in 20 years, actually. Mm. So I used to go to another one downtown. It was the same thing, actually. I, it's, it's so sad. Some of my nicest items I got because they were going out of business. And on the one hand, I'm like, I should feel bad. And then I realized, well, I wasn't going to buy these when they were operating because they're too expensive. But yeah. now, now that they're closing... Uh, you know, it's technically helping to liquidate their stock and you know get cash back in the the account mm. sort of thing. He just he uh, I I didn't talk to the the guy who owns the shop much, but a bunch of other places are closing. I get the impression that the area that he's in it's their older buildings, older uh, single and two story uh, uh. storefronts and all that. You know, built back I don't know fifties or sixties or whatever. And I they've been uh, gentrifying, as they say overhauling them and all that and i i have a sneaking suspicion that uh it was kind of there was pressure to yeah they're getting forced the out rent or yeah. the place is gonna close oh, in a while he just went you know what nah. 
He's got mm. a little girl, so I think he just kind of went, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> I think, let it go. I don't know that that uh, Corinthians was ever meant to apply to owning a comic shop, but I feel some of it is him going, you know, maybe I'll just put away childish things. So. <laughs> Oh, uh, which is a shame because it was a great shop, and he was really good about uh, bringing in all the Ghostbusters stuff. So I was always uh. getting the the extras and all that, and they anticipated stuff. It's funny, actually. We're still dealing with a, a few things. Um, uh, the fifth wave of the Diamond Select is on order, right? And he said right. I can cancel it, but I think I, I I might lose money. And I said, well, I wasn't sure how I was going to get them anyways because I didn't know if the other because they come. Uh, 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 three figures per wave, two of each figure per box. And I talked to the new guy. There's an, uh, in my new hometown here, just outside of Vancouver. They uh, there's a comic shop here, great little shop, Hourglass Comics. It's quite nice. And uh, but he said he doesn't always he doesn't deal in a lot of the the merchandise. He's really just a he's yeah. specifically a book and a uh, games. Well, and if you have to buy it in bulk like that, why buy a whole case when you don't know if somebody's going to buy one of the figure, let alone a whole the case? Problem. And I said, yeah. I said, you know what, look into it and all that. But uh, I'll def- I'm definitely down for one. But you know, if it's a problem, I'll try mm-hmm. and figure something out. Now I just got to let them know. Don't worry about it. We've got it yeah. solved. There you go. Um, but the other thing, he inf- I dropped by today and he was there uh, at the old shop and. Uh, informed me that he's like, there's some new uh, minifigures coming in. I got two boxes coming in, and I I, sus- I suspect it, he's, they're not the Titans. And I'm like, probably the Cryptozoic ones. Yep. And he's like, they might be the Cryptozoic yeah. ones. And I was like, and, he, and halfway into the sentence, he's like, all right, damn it. Yes, I'll take one. <laughs> I'll I take, will take a box. Yeah, grab the whole box off in his hands. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I may Actually, I should have asked him, how much are they? Maybe I'll take two. Oh yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe you can grab both of them and then you know what. What we should do is when you have doubles of that kind of stuff, we should start like a like the Rebel Force Radio guys were talking about this a couple weeks ago. But we should start like a classified ad section. Like if you guys are missing something out there, or Chris, if you want to trade with people, like trade with me. Yeah, if if you call into our voicemail line and say, "Oh my God, I'm really looking for the the Yanosh Nanny uh, Titan figure," um, and you know. If anybody's out there and they want it or or have it or you know we can start a trading system yeah. here on the on the crossroad that would be really funny. There's a story, I think it was a short story, and it was I believe it was Bruce Sterling, but I wouldn't swear to that. And it was about it was set in Japan in the well, probably about now was the funny part when he wrote it twenty ish years ago, um, and it had the concept of the smartphone, even though we didn't have smartphones yet. Right. And it had the idea of apps, even though we were nowhere near apps. And the story, I forget what they called it, but uh, Poke something. Because Pokemon was out, and he kind of tapped into that idea that Poke is, you know, uh, Japanese, what, diminutive transliteration of pocket, right? So Right. Yeah. So it was pocket something or other. I forget what it was, but what it what it amounted to was when you had the app, you'd leave for the day, and the app would know where you were going. Again, very prescient because it was like it had location services and all that. Even though he didn't talk about it as such, and you'd wander around, and the app would ping you little notifications. Again, just exactly like we yeah, got our apps doing now. Jeez, and it would go um, uh, go to this store and pick up a quart of milk, and then take these roads and leave them at this door. And he'd do that, and then he'd get home, and he needed new slippers 
like uh, uh, shower slippers or something like that. And he got home and they, a pair was waiting for him. What it was is it kind of used this idea of, you know, a, a, a cloud of money and people wandering around with the app. If you needed something, the, hmm. the app would go, this person's near the thing they need, grab God, it and drop it off here. forward thinking. Jeez. And then in return, yeah, these, you know, they'll get something else. And in the end, it'll all just, you know, kind of bounce back and forth and all that. We need the Ghostbusters equivalent of that, where you're wandering around and <laughs> I go to the store and it'll go, Troy needs the Dana. Yeah. Grab the Dana. And oh send my it to God. Him. Yeah. The Dana's there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Troy's been looking for a Ghostbusters crew jacket from the new movie. And you happen to be near somebody's house that worked on it. Go steal it. Uh, Chris still wants. Chris still wants his 2016 uh, Ghostbuster crew. Yeah, hat. the hat. Oh you're, my god, you're no, right. My Paul Feig's up either. Break in and get it. Um, that's a great idea. Yeah. Hey, before no, I before, like that. Uh, yeah. and before we get into the news, uh, going back to Naoki and that amazing package that you that you and I both received from him. Yes. Have you been uh, working your way through all of the amazing snack foods that he sent us? What do you mean working my way through? I think I plowed through most of them in the oh, first you're already, day. Okay, you're already done. Okay, so not, I, not myself, actually. What happened is I picked it up and brought it into work. Oh, especially, okay. Especially with all the Doritos, it was perfect. Like, there were just yeah. two bags of Doritos, Doritos everywhere. Doritos and, yeah, like hard candies and, and popcorn and yeah. stuff. Naoki really, he's spoiled the crap out of you and I, but... Yeah. Um, uh, interestingly enough, the stuff that you never expect to get a response on on social media—that's what got a response when I posted a picture. I was sitting and I was doing some work late at night, and I had some of the crab chips that Naoki gave us. Yes, and so I, I threw a photo up there because you know, I love that guy. I'm so glad he sent me that stuff, and and I'm enjoying. I am enjoying my crab chips, even though I think they're shrimp flavored. <laughs> I think the crab <laughs> is a little different. Uh, but but like the. The the response that I got on Twitter was, Ugh, oh my God, I can't seafood flavored chips. That's disgusting. And then it went around to some guy who tests out energy drinks or something. I can't even remember. It was like, not in a million years would I ever try that. And I'm like, you're drinking energy drinks, dude. There's nothing different in that than... yeah. It's such a weird thing, but so I mean, all of the flavors that all of the stuff that came from Naoki has, like the the crab chips. Again, I feel like they're shrimp flavored. Um, the the ghost pepper, uh, black garlic pepper Doritos, yeah, awesome, like just yeah. unbelievably flavorful. Um, yeah, the popcorn, it, it, so good. I remember I went to school with uh, uh, Canada has actually got a, a fairly big uh, uh, Chinese population spread out across the entire country. We we have some. Uh, I mean, we're we're not a melting pot. We're a, a mosaic, as they say, and as sure. such, uh, you know, I went to school with kids that. You know, their parents would pack the, the you know, the crab crackers and stuff like that, which is where I kind of got my my first taste of uh, not the figurative taste of uh, cultures have different palates. Right. Yeah. You can adapt it and you can adopt new flavors, but the ones you're used to are kind of set in childhood, depending on where you grew up. I ran into that uh, later on when I went to work in a. There's a guy from uh, Holland, and his he you know all excited one day he came in and his family had sent him like uh, black licorice from Holland. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that'll kill you. It's it's way different. Yeah, that super salty. Interestingly enough, like coated in salt and then super heavy anise flavor. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Just, and again, I'm just like this is a this <laughs> it's an is, acquired this taste. is a cultural thing. It's yeah, a super totally acquired is. taste. Yeah, but. Uh, 
But that's yeah. I, mean, I, th- I think we got so many different things. I didn't get the crab crackers. So oh, you didn't get the crab crackers. Okay, the I crab got some gummies and all that. Like uh, the gummies, I haven't tried yet. Yeah, I've got the yeah. gummies, but yeah, the crab- maybe I missed it in the box. Maybe they're you know sitting under a. They're you should. They're like the pop chips. They're those like raised you know unfried chips that have the and again I think it's shrimp flavoring. Even though the no ghost logo has crab uh, claws, yes, I think they're shrimp oh, chips. But I want that as a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I don't, I don't know why you guys need to venture out, try new things. Maybe it's because Chris and I are on that sort of, you've got the Vancouver, I've got the LA vibe. We go and try yeah. all sorts of weird cuisines and enjoy it. Oh but, yeah. Life, um, life is, life is too short to not, you know, eat Ethiopian or something like that. Yeah, like, oh try my God. it. Try it. Um, uh, Vancouver has quite a number of, uh, like the Japanese, uh, stores, so yes. stores that yeah. stock in the, you know, so the the weird. Uh, I, we never get the weird weird pops. Like there was at one point, like I was this close to spending a million dollars to get a bottle of cucumber Pepsi and stuff like that. Just, just because it intrigues me so much. But you can get a lot <laughs> of the other stuff, like uh, uh, the strange Kit Kats, like the the green tea Kit Kat, right? Or, uh, yeah. Uh, all the sodas with that really fantastic uh, marble sealed bottles, like I right? Love yeah. Those. Yeah. That's, I mean, we need and, more of those. Yeah, I like glass bottles in general, and the fact that it's like sealed with another piece of glass, I'm like, this is a recycling yeah. dream. <laughs> we, we don't believe in recycling here. We just throw it away, <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Yes, yeah. but anyways, I, I got a. That was a, an amazing box of stuff, and uh, I realized that it's actually. I thought it was packed in the garage, waiting to get unpacked, but it's sitting here in in the. The secret studio space, and I'm oh. looking at that, the container, the 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 book, the book, uh, the book Tupperware. I don't know what you'd call it. It's but yeah, the, I don't. It's like a storage bin. It's yeah, again really the, t- the, the thoughtfulness that you put into this. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I think it is. I think it's something that you put papers or stickers yeah. or crafts or something into. But uh, yeah. So I need. Uh, I'm looking at that, going, "How am I going to display this? This is going to yeah. be awesome. How am I going to display this?" Uh, so for those of you that are listening and you're not familiar with Naoki, he is, uh, I think the sole proprietor of the Ghostbusters of Japan. He's out there on Twitter (laughs) and Instagram. He listens to the show from time to time. Uh, he's still learning English, which is a lot of fun because we, we talked to each other. He sent me, uh, instructions on how to do, uh, ramen, uh, that he sent to me and it's, he's just like the nicest dude. So, uh, support Naoki and the Ghostbusters of Japan. I think he also maintains the Tokyo Ghostbusters. So, uh, make sure you, you hit them up, like them on the, he does the Facebook and the Twitters. He's got an Instagram, but he doesn't really do anything with it. So, uh, give, give that guy your support, but, uh, I may need to enlist his help to help me buy the, uh, the special edition Blu-ray for yes. answer the call. That's the other thing. Everybody else is getting those special edition Ghostbusters answer the call Blu-rays. And I don't I, know if it's I because I it. used to have an account and I'm just really predictable in the way I set up my usernames and all that. But I went this week to the Amazon UK and picked up a copy of um, uh, Ghosts of Our Past uh, because they have a hardcover edition. And I really want to get it. And uh, the Ghostbusters of New York, I guess, did yeah. the, uh, the replica uh, dust jacket. And the full-sized so, one, like the prop-sized yeah, one. Yeah, the prop-sized yeah. one to go around the, 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 the retail edition of the – like we didn't get a hardcover here, but there's hardcover there. And I was like, I must 
have it. <laughs> and it logged me in and, you know, it, it let me pay and it's on its way and all that. I'm like, great. Now to Japan. And Japan's like, we don't know who you are uh, uh, or what you want. So, like I said, I may have to. Interesting. Uh, I'm a little I'm a little leery of setting up an account. In, mm. uh, well, I'm glad you remind because that reminded me, uh, Andrew Schaefer posted that the book depository has all of the hardcovers on sale for ghosts from our past. And I meant to pick one up and I totally forgot. So I'm glad you mentioned that. because it. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure it's probably equal to or equivalent of of Amazon prices because I think you know Amazon factors in the free shipping and I think Book Depository does the free shipping too. Yeah, not so. from the UK. Oh really? Yeah, I think it. I think no. Book Depository does free international shipping, but uh oh. Well, rub it in. Why don't you? Um, mine's gonna arrive cheaper. Oh, oh, that was retort. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, <laughs> I called the comic shop. They threw out the Dana. Oh no! What a shame. It's the old karma wheel comes around. The old lazy Susan of karma. Oh uh, boy. All right. Well, uh, before I dig myself any deeper, you want to get into some news? Let's let's Heck do some yeah. news. All right. Here we go. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here. If you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. Chris, I'm trying to figure out how to posit this first news item here because it's technically a correction. However, it's also technically an update. However, it's also technically a conundrum that requires explanation and conversation in itself. So, Go with the update and then treat the correction as a as an interesting bit of trivia. Interesting bit of trivia. So functionally, right. uh, functionally it affected nothing. I, all right, I love this. I love this mode of thinking. So, okay. uh, so update to everybody that's out there looking for the IDW Ghostbusters annual. Um, it did not come out this past Wednesday. Although if you listen to last week's cross rip, we said that it was coming out on the 25th, but Hey, we have an update. The annual is actually coming out on February 1st now. So here's where the correction of it all comes in. We had a couple of people, including Mr. Michael Tanaka. Hello, sir. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, who let us know that the annual was supposed to be releasing a week earlier than expected. And that was something that was news to you and I, Chris, because we mm-hmm. were still expecting it to come out on the 25th. Um, as we record this on Wednesday, it's not out and it's not on the digital platforms for IDW because uh, they usually put it up on their app and they usually put it on the iTunes. It's not there. Um, and now it's been moved two weeks from now. So I, I, I'm getting the sense that this is a distribution thing that, that diamonds select either because of weather or because of the holidays or because of force majeure, something somewhere, somehow, has delayed the shipping on the physical copies of the book, and that, by proxy, has now completely changed the release date of the book. So uh, IDW Ghostbusters Annual will be out now in February, unfortunately. Um, But, I mean, it's still... I'm still anxiously awaiting... Here's the... Like, as soon as we found out when Michael sent us that correction and then a couple other people actually followed up with that and said, hey, by the way, guys, it comes out on Wednesday, and it didn't, I was ready for it. I was ready for you and I to do a crash course on on the annual. We were gonna. I was gonna try to have us read it as fast as we could, and then we could do yeah. a quick little talk about it. And 
So it's it's not to say there is still a great anticipation for this book and knowing that it bridges to Ghostbusters 101 even more so, but mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately we have to wait another couple of weeks for it. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it too. I feel like it's it's worth the wait. And it's like most annuals are kind of, especially with comics, you realize that some of them come in November, some of them come in December, some of them come as late as like February or March. And so it's, it's fine. I really, I'm not, it, uh, there are a lot of people stressing out about this, that this, there's something wrong and that there's something indicative of this and what's coming with Ghostbusters 101. No guys, it's, it's somewhere, somehow in the shipping distribution channels, something got messed up and because the book is finished and the book has been solicited and all of the reviews are already out. So you know that it's a last minute change. So don't, yeah, don't fret it. Very last minute because uh, all the reviews dropped in the last couple of days just as they would as if it was going to come out early, as in today, the day of the rec- our recording yeah. here. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's not anywhere. Well, and knowing <laughs> that Eric Burnham got his his comp copies, and, and even in watching Eric's Twitter, he said, I can't keep up. I don't know when this thing is coming out right now, and it's, it's not anybody at IDW's fault. It's whatever is happening in the shipping chain. So, um, I wonder if it's the weather. Diamond tends to... It is subject to the weather, so... Yeah, possibly. There was a lot of snow for a lot of people that are probably listening to this right now. Um, I I know, uh, Chris, you and I, off-air, before we started recording last week, I told you that uh, my wife and I almost got stranded in Denver <laughs> because of how fast that snow came in, so... yeah. Um, there's, there's a good, there's a good chance that that's the reason that this is possibly happening, but, um, uh, it's, it's coming. Don't worry. But in the meantime, there's other cool stuff that we can talk about, like, um, stuff happening an entire year from now. Uh, like Ernie Hudson, he's going to be going out to, uh, he's, he's flying across the pond and you only have 312 days to get there. So, uh, we're telling you way, way, way in advance of this, but, uh, the Manchester convention for the love of sci-fi, Ernie Hudson's going to be a special guest there. And it was just announced because it's again, this is a big deal because a lot of the actors don't really travel abroad that often, especially Ernie or Dan, Bill, obviously. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool that you guys are going to have Ernie Hudson there as a guest of honor. Really looking forward to hearing your stories. Really looking forward to seeing those photographs. Uh, again, you have 312 days from now to plan it. So please uh, figure something out to do for the cross rip. I'm just saying you've got plenty. You've got ample time here. <laughs> Maybe go in, say hello to him, and then record a little something and send it our way. That would be a lot of fun. So uh, that is For the Love of Sci-Fi for all of our our UK listeners. Uh, That's happening in Manchester. Um, How about Anovos? Chris, I I really want to talk about the Anovos thing with you because I feel like you and I might see eye to eye on this. But uh, Anovos, uh, fine creators of, of replica props. They do a lot of the star Wars helmets and, and they just recently released a, a prototype kit for the, um, proton pack, which I don't think has started shipping, but I think they've done pre-orders for, um, but they started shipping their, uh, no ghost logo patches for the uniforms and, and they're selling them as screen accurate. And I'm seeing a lot of vocal feedback to them. Oh my God, that's the worst thing that I've ever seen. It's so inaccurate. Why is it wobbly? Why are all the lines terrible? Chris, why why is that? Are you and I together on this? That that that's screen accurate. That's what those patches looked like in the first movie. Oh yeah, it's it's blobby. The hands are all weird and 
fat thumb and stuff like this. It's because we are used to this is a problem with 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 a lot of the the prop and the cosplay community and all that all that is that everybody's benefiting from years of of you know prop navel gazing and all that sort of thing to to pump out you know premium replicas yeah from um, from vector artwork that has been meticulously recreated and yeah like it and it's and, you know we're entering in the new era where you know you could download the files and 3D print off your pack and stuff like that like uh, people kind of forget that over you know not the last few years but early on like at least in my experience early on in the in prop the let's see so norm let's say norm gagnon was the golden age of you know him and he was the end of the golden age along with Peter Rosen and guys, you know, building there. Yeah, they're, I'd say Norm's, at, Norm's pe- those, yeah. those were the first plans that I remember the, with like yes, the, the film good, canisters the enough, and yeah. the yeah, the good enough packs. They looked good at a distance, but were by no means accurate. Um, they forget everybody forgets that the you know in the Silver Age was a lot of people are arguing back and forth about details and how to split the difference because people were looking at you know the stunt packs and the different. Uh, packs from the movies and all that and each pack you know like from different eras where hand you know things were handled a little different because the prop guys didn't care they just had to pump this stuff out <laughs> real fast and look good and all that and you end up with these weird inconsistencies and you know the the prop builders had to you know decide how they wanted to to deal with that yeah and you know it's kind of stabilized now and and again when it comes to the patches we now live in a world where you can get yourself a perfect patch, like as in it's uh, uses the 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 line art of the logo to precision, because we now live in an era where people uh, have you know embroidery machines, right? Like yeah. there are people on Etsy and all that where you they're just pumping out these fantastic. That's where all these teams get their their patches. Is they do send their art in, and somebody pumps out a patch, and they look beautiful. What people forget is that in 84, the costuming department took the line art that uh, Michael Gross did and freehanded it on a sewing machine Yeah, you know, to get it close enough. Because, again, at the time, they were like, it'll look good on screen. It's never, ever, ever possible that people will be able to buy this on a laser optical media at super high resolution and freeze frame it and look at this patch. So why worry about it? And then, of course, now we're sitting yeah. here in the Blu-ray era looking at these things going hmm. so it's it's a strange one in that anovos is kind of targeting the the mass market sort of well i shouldn't right. say that it's not like they're target or walmart but these are the people that aren't necessarily interested in making their own packs and all that so on the one hand it's like but they then will kind of respond by going this looks weird while at the same time it is unique that nobody's ever bothered to make a screen accurate pack. Yeah, so yeah, I I'm with you. I'm I'm fine with it. I'm fine, and and actually, the more that I've I've seen it, the more that I actually want one because it it is the first time that I've seen it in that sort of almost hand freestyle drawn yeah. shape or form. I mean, and it's I mean for for, for the owners of uh, Mr. Daniel Wallace's wonderful Ghostbusters Ultimate Visual History if you look at some of the pages, like I've, I've actually got page 22 open here because I wanted to talk about this. Uh, it was on the rundown and I was like, God, I really want to look at this. And yes, the, the 
like Dan Aykroyd's shoulder patch looks exactly like what they are selling right now. It's that same sort of handmade and it makes sense. These guys were just cobbling stuff together from found parts and things that they had around and they probably didn't have, they didn't go down to your local uh, mall and have the embroidery store, take their digital design and print out uh, 20 of these patches they probably the thought was that they did these themselves and they look a little handmade and and a lot of times especially in earlier films where there was not 1920 by 1080 uh, high definition you could fudge some stuff too like if these yeah. patches all didn't look similar like if bill murray's patch didn't look identical to dan Aykroyd's patch that was okay because they were so small on the screen and you were never going to see it in such yeah. fine grain detail it's just one of those things that I, I get it, and because it's a Novos and because it's mass-produced and, and they're selling it to the, the cosplay community and they're going to all of these... Uh, like, a Novos does really great work and they're really good at their sort of grassroots marketing because they're at every single convention. They always have a booth. Um, but that's... You know, the the, the mass-produced audience is looking at that going, well, that's, that's not the Ghostbusters logo that's on my T-shirt and my mug and what I see on my Blu-ray cover and... So yeah. it, it, it doesn't read as true for them, which it's, it's unfortunate because it's actually, I'm sure that they took great painstaking detail to recreate this hand drawn logo that's on the costumes from 1984. And now they're getting flack for it. It's, it's such a, it's, it's a catch 22. I don't know how, I don't know how they could possibly say, no guys, this is what it actually is in the movie because then it seems like they're condescending to the people that are buying it. And then it just gets, it gets really muddy. So it's, it's a really difficult situation to be in. Um, I don't know. I, and I think maybe they would have more, not goodwill, uh, but because they've taken pre-orders for the proton packs and they haven't started shipping the proton packs. So this is the first item out the door yeah. And now everybody is questioning quality and and wondering, uh, you know, if they're if they're really giving Ghostbusters the attention that it deserves. Um, it's it's so it's tough. They're stuck between a rock and a hard place because they can't necessarily explain themselves for this. But at the same time, it would help if they were also bringing out other screen accurate materials that they could start saying like, no, look, you sew this on a patch you look exactly like dan Aykroyd did when he was standing out there on 55 central park west it's it's such a it's it stinks it's it's such a hard thing to say and and i know people really love screen accuracy so <laughs> you want to be like yeah. no it is it's screen accurate we're not we're not misre- misrepresenting this we live in an era too where the a lot of the teams have um sometimes ditched the uh the movie logo and just gone with their own franchise logo and all that. It's, so right. it's kind of like, well, what does it, what does it matter then? I, I suspect this thing will end up to be more of a collectible more than a used as part of a, sure. Yeah. Somebody's, uh, somebody's a Novos, you know, built costume and pack and all that. So, you know, I'm looking at it. I might like to get one. It's I, uh yeah, I think I, I don't know. It's like I'm. I have. I have my suit hanging on the wall here, and I'm looking up at the patch that I have on there, which I think is one of the uh, Katara ones. Katana. God, I'm terrible with names, guys. I'm so sorry. I think it's Katara, who's the the patch dealer who's been doing yeah, Ghostbusters. Katara. Yeah. Um, and it looks it looks fantastic. I mean, it is spot on to the ninety degree angle on all of the little things. It's so amazingly accurate. 
to the logo that we know and has and we've seen vectored and put on all sorts of stuff but now that i think about it i'm like wow that that homemade logo might look really really nice on there because it's going to make it look more screen accurate in my eyes so yeah it's um important to note that when they showed off some of the early pictures of this patch they had a couple of millimeters that's an an eighth of an inch uh, <laughs> to you troy yes uh, around the outside a white Metric a system. white fabric right oh right and, yeah and people complained that's not accurate and they addressed that they did so it's yeah i, I, I find it you know ugh. i that was one of uh, kids today how my, mean that they that they <laughs> bitched and whined and got it listened to and, and now they're bitching and whining still yeah and it was addressed and i know that was uh, uh my friend derek osborne out there that was one of his complaints about the initial prototype was that there was that white fabric on there and and yeah. again like you say they listened to it and derek derek if if there is a historian of ghostbusters out there derek is that guy and he's been around since bill and the gbhq days so f- for those of you that don't know derek osborne you should because this guy is like encyclopedic knowledge he called it out they fixed it i, I every, a lot of people in in addition to derek called it out yeah. and so this is this is what a novos does they listen to you guys and they make it the best that they possibly can so when you look at that and you say god that looks cheap or terrible no that's actually the best quality that they possibly could make it so it might also make it a, a harder thing to produce too uh my mom uh sews and all that and she was here for the holidays and we've she fired up some website craftsy or something like that where they have all these video tutorials so of course, you know she wasn't feeling great, so we let her sit on the couch and you know watch yeah, some watch of these some tutorials. And, totally, <laughs> and they're like introduction to surging. I'm like, this is going to be interesting. She's like, I don't know, it's up to you. <laughs> so we watched it, and and what we see a lot of the time is people embroid on the fabric and then cut as close to that outer stitching as possible, which is why you get these borders on some of them. Oh. And that's easy enough to do. You you let the right. machine automatically embroid, and then you hand cut. The trick is is that if you want that clean edge, what you do is you let the machine embroid. You have to cut, and then you have to do. Ta-da! I learned something. Surging. There's an actual stitch that's used to come in on the inside, and then loop and hook on the outside, and then back and forth. So you end up with the the thread stitch wrapping around the outer edge. And I don't know that machines can do that automatically necessarily. Right. I think I think a human being, or at the very least, if machines can do it, that's a production step. You have to, you know, somebody has to program it and test it and all that sort of thing. And it's one more thing to go wrong and spoil product. You know what I mean? Like, I I think that they listened and they fixed that and they made what ultimately ends up being, you know, a slightly more expensive product for them to make. You know, not. Not by lots. It's ten bucks. It's ten dollars. Ten dollars, right? So, so I don't know. It is what it is. Um, We've never had one before, and nobody's ever thought to make one. So I kind of like it for that. I know now, though. Obviously, it's gonna. It's subjective, depending on what you want out of it. You're. I don't know that anybody complaining about it really cares anyways like it's not like they would go and i need my anovos patch for my suit it's like i think a lot of those people either know where to get the the line art you know ramrod computer perfect ones anyways or um 
You know, like if they had put out one that was sim like exactly like the logo, what differentiates it from yeah, all the other ones? Every out there? other patch that's ever been made. Yeah, that's that's the difficult part. Is the the unofficial ones are beautiful, and we have no lack of. I think there's even been a over the years a couple places. Yeah, there's actually an official one out there too. I think it's slightly small, but. It's made using the line art. And yeah. so at the end of the day, Anovos has rolled the dice. <clears throat> I think, as you said, there's some timing issues and all that, like putting this out, especially with this this uh, unique uh, take on it at a time when people are more interested about the pack itself that they're, you know, put money down for and all that. Eh. Yeah, it's it's sort of taken the limelight. But, but and, and you make a good point, Chris, because there are people that, they know their personal preferences. If you want to go to GB fans and you know that that's the one that has been again to the millimeter been authentically recreated to the vector line art that has been created for the logo, you know, that the one that AJ sells on GB fans is amazing. That patch is fantastic. Yeah. And, but there's, and it's about the same price as the Inovos one. So you, it's your preference, whatever you want to do. I think at the end of the day, I'm happier that they went this route. Um, because I think the only other place we would see a patch like this is if, uh, you know, Insight with the visual history had decided to throw in one more tchotchke or whatever. Right. That yeah. that would have been yeah. the only other place we would have seen a you know screen accurate patch and all that. So. Yeah. Well. So okay. So here's here's the funny thing, Chris. We've been talking about um, uh, costume patches for Ghostbusters for probably a good fifteen twenty minutes here. Um, uh, there was a video that popped up, I don't know, like a, a week ago or three or four days ago, uh, with Chris Hardwick, uh, our, a King, King geek, uh, King nerd out there, uh, who kind of got cornered by TMZ after coming out of, I think it was probably like the golden globe awards or something. Cause he was with uh, Lydia Hurst, his, his new wife. Uh, so congratulations right. to them. Not that they listened to this, but, uh, <laughs> But so you and I have been talking about a patch for this amount of time. Now the guy from TMZ that has the camera that is accosting poor Chris Hardwick is wearing a Ghostbusters 2 t-shirt. And Chris Hardwick, being Chris Hardwick, calls it out. And he goes, oh my god, is that a Ghostbusters 2 t-shirt? And you hear the guy go, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it is. So what are you wearing, Chris? Like, it's the weirdest thing. It's such a Hollywood bullshit thing. Um... (laughs) But the, this camera guy absolutely knows nothing about Ghostbusters whatsoever. And then Chris Hardwick immediately schools him by launching into the chorus from Bobby Brown's on it. What, what, how about, let me, let me just play a little clip of it here because it's, it's pretty funny. Chris Hardwick is like, all right, guys, have a good night. I'm going to hit you with this mic drop. Are you wearing a Ghostbusters 2 shirt? Yes, I am. Nice. Yeah. Nice. There's a little bit of surprise inside. Oh, wow. okay, okay. But it's not a Ghostbusters 2 shirt. Yeah, it's great, I am much great. more comfortable in that than I am in a suit. Yeah, I met Bobby Brown, and he had to school me on the whole thing that he was in the movie and all that. So. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. They call the Ghostbusters and they in control. I uh, had him throwing a party for a bunch of children. Wall of the Lyle was under the building. So they pack up, grip, grip, got a grip, came a grip, got a proton pack, and a pack, and they split. But I had about Vigo, the master of evil, trying to bag my boys. That's not legal. Wow. wow. Thank you, Chris. Well, so, yes, I remember that. Bobby Brown. Yeah, so all right. Here's here's a guy that's out there, like you and I, and like everybody that's probably listening to this, wearing a Ghostbusters t-shirt while they're out there on the street. He knows nothing about Ghostbusters. I'm I'm not entirely sure if it's like this is the urban outfitters ironic I'm wearing a Ghostbusters t-shirt thing, or if this 
paparazzo just needed a t-shirt and happened to stumble <laughs> across this somewhere. I'm not sure why he had no idea what Ghostbusters 2 was or what Bobby Brown was or what On Our Own was. Yeah. The only other people I've ever seen that don't know what they're wearing are uh, you know, kids in third world countries who are given the, <laughs> the, the cast off, the improperly, not improperly, but the... Uh, the loser Super Bowl shirts yeah. and all that. You know what I mean? Like Denver Broncos, Super Bowl champions, uh, Super Bowl forty nine. No, no, they didn't win Super Bowl forty. So how wonderfully Hollywood that this guy just—he knows it's hip and pop culture, but yeah. And I think uh, it's, I, for for all of the flack that Chris Hardwick takes, and you—you you actually got to talk to him on the red carpet at I the did. Ghostbusters premiere. Yeah. This guy, he—it's a Chris thing. It's a Chris thing. I it was only Chris's. I was not allowed to speak to either one That's of right. you at the time. But uh, but no, I, I, Chris Hardwick is genuinely he he loves this stuff, and it's not uh, you know poor. If you look at like Olivia Munn, who was on uh, Attack of the Show, and as soon as she started finding some success and started doing some more mainstream stuff, everybody said you're not a nerd. You betrayed us. You don't really like this stuff. No, she she does. She still likes that stuff. But Chris Hardwick, same thing. I feel like he keeps getting attacked for. You're not a real nerd, even though you have a replica of a TARDIS in your living room. Yeah. Um, you know, here here he is. He knows to, to the syllable Bobby Brown's rap in, in On Our Own. And I, I loved that. I mean, I, I wanted to tweet at him and just be like, dude, I you're one of us. We know. You don't have to prove it, dude. I think that's a good way to handle TMZ, too, frankly. <laughs> just hit him just with some song lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if, he, should, if you, he, should have, he should have done some deep cuts. He should have went for uh, what did he do on our own? He did on our own, but what so if he did some like uh, some spirit? What if he, yeah, if so he wearing some spirit or oh, did the did the beatboxing? Mm. <laughs> I can't even do it. I can't, no, I I won't even try. No. Um, uh, yeah. What but, else? Little Elton John. He could. Yeah. Love is a cannibal. cannibal. Yeah. Yeah. I have to tell you, I actually, I actually want to learn that one for the piano. That one feels like a really good a surprise the one. hell out of people at a party, cocktail party. See, okay, so you and I share that same. I've always wanted to, I just want to learn how to play piano specifically for that reason, like at a cocktail party or if you're sitting at a in an audience and like the show hasn't started. I just want to get up there like Bill Murray and Groundhog Day, play like some ragtime something and be like, good night and then walk away. <laughs> Like that's all I want to do. <laughs> yeah, I uh, uh, actually the funny part is I really like that soundtrack. It's a good soundtrack. It's a good soundtrack. I think I don't the know. only song that sort of sticks out to me is Promised Land because it's not it's not in the actual film. That's the one that that's the only one. Yeah. Like Promised Land still sort of feels like the outlier. We're back was kind of an outlier, but then it shows up in the end credits, so it's okay. Who sings Give Up the Ghost? Uh, that's the Oingo Boingo track. Oh, that is an Oingo Boingo. Yeah, which is yeah, in the movie. I, yeah. It's, a, it's definitely got that kind of uh, Dead Man's Party uh, yeah, vibe going on yeah. there. Now that's okay. So wait, this is a question. We, we've never talked about we've this le- on air. We've left in Chris three Hardwick years. behind. But. We've left Chris Hardwick behind. <laughs> yeah. The, the We're Back song by Bobby Brown. Because, Chris, you, yeah. you, saw, you maintain that you have seen a print of Ghostbusters 2 where um where eugene levy shows up like that deleted scene that we've still never seen you saw that in the theaters yes although i've read a couple of articles lately that uh suggest that i may have 
it may be one of those memory trick things, sort of like the spelling of the the Bernstein Bears. uh, Oh, okay. You've just uh, been tricked after all these years. Or, um, well, no, I... Like I said, though, I do remember seeing it. It's never showed up in any, uh, uh, early on especially, it wasn't in any of the extras that that we ever saw anywhere. Uh, And I know we saw pictures, but I actually remember, uh, like I said, they get to the end of the hallway and uh, Lewis introduces Eugene Levy. Right, uh, right. Because the he's crew. the one that helped them out of the out insane of the thing. asylum. His, his, yeah. He contacted his cousin to help help him right. get them out sort right. of thing. So I don't know if it's huh. a fake memory. Boy, it, my brain put some work in on that one. Well, so this, this is the reason I bring that up because was there ever a time where We're Back was in the actual context of the film? Like during that montage after they defeat the Scolari brothers after the, the courtroom scene, was that always the Ghostbusters run DMC remix or what did they ever put we're back in there yeah i never heard it with with the extra bobby brown i think that was just a bonus huh i I, actually to be honest i i you ever listen to um the james bonding podcast oh yeah 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 and they one of the things that they like to do sometimes is they're such bond nerds that they uh uh particularly matt gorley has a, a hard drive filled with mp3s of tracks that were made for the movies mm. and then not chosen and some of them ended up getting released later some of them got dropped on other albums some of them got retitled and the lyrics tweaked but it i have a sneaking suspicion that bobby brown in the movie uh big hit, you know the, the, the big single with on her own um but i think that we're back was a stab at you know another title track and they ended up going with I, you know, I put money that, and then they went. Well, Run DMC is big too, so right. we'll use them. But the concession was since he had it anyways, put it out on the album. Huh? Because there's been there's been like multiple people over the the years of of interacting with everybody out there yeah. who have said that they've seen the movie with We're Back during that montage, and that's why I was wondering if it if it happened to be in the print that you were watching some way somehow. It's quite possible. Hmm. I just don't remember it. Right? Like. So, if anything, all that does is that it kind of reinforces my, uh, uh, my, 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 what do you call it? My mad rantings that there was a, a print sent out in the first couple of weeks that ended up getting replaced when it went to home video. Yeah. Or, at least, or, or if it expanded out to other theaters or what have you. Was updated after they struck some new prints, but uh, yeah. so, so at any rate. So at t- tangent tangent aside, hi everybody, welcome back to the cross rip. <laughs> <laughs> um, See, the thing is, is, these things take time. You st- to stamp a, a, a projector print for releasing out into the wild. That's money too. Yeah. Like, that's the other thing. Like I can't, I can't imagine mm-hmm. that unless there was some hideous problem that they'd go, you know what, take it back and make it spend another, what do you think it costs? You're in it's Hollywood. a lot because there's, there's also a different to mix. A print, I mean, like, like you're, you're changing an entire reel of a film. Now that, that's the one advantage that if there was whatever the changes were to the Eugene Levy thing, it was one reel out of out five of to seven. Four or five. Yeah. Yeah. That, you five? know, okay. Yeah. It's usually, yeah, like five reels. Um, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the one thing is maybe one of the reels changed, but, Especially with Ghostbusters 2, where we know that Skywalker Sound was doing mixes, you know, kind of up to the wire on that. 
Yeah. I don't, I just don't see them making those last minute changes. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, like, I think I've said it on the podcast before. I maintain when I saw return of the Jedi, that it ended with an Ewok on a speeder running, you know, towards camera. And that's what, uh, slammed to the credits. Again, I was, let's see, Return of the Jedi came out in 83. So I was like two. It's it's like, it's, it, it, it could just be something that was completely engineered by my memory. I have no idea. Um, but so, so at any rate, I mean, it, it is possible, but, you know what? That's a good yeah. one to ask people too. We've we've run you run into people. I've run into people online. But if anybody's listening, yeah, if, did you see Ghostbusters two in theater? And what do you remember? Do you re- yeah? Do you remember seeing or hearing anything differently than that is on the home uh, entertainment or or what's on the the DVD or the Blu Ray now? I mean, anything yeah. that's been different. Call in. Uh, let us know on our on our voicemail. So so something about the beginning of the third act of the movie because that seems to be where it all. Would where be it changes on that, one, yeah. on that one reel you know the bit with eugene levy perhaps a track change but some words at the start of of act three where where did eugene levy show up the first time there's those photos of him in the driveway of the firehouse where where was that supposed to be is that the driveway of the firehouse or is that outside the the hospital oh maybe it is outside the hospital okay i've used those pictures i've gone to the the the, the vet hospital that sprawling uh, compound there, uh, West LA. I forget what it's called. And I've spent a lot of time trying to track down that hmm. that bit. I think I found it. Okay, so that but, that's outside uh, the hospital. So that that was Eugene yeah. Levy's only scene. Now that that bit has shown up. That there the, that clip of him somewhere. I forget where. We there. It actually exists of hmm. of them driving off without him. And you know he has that that typical crack of you know leaving him behind. I'll make my own way home, right? Whatever it is. Oh, I wonder if that's so, in like in the the behind the scenes B rolly stuff because I think that was the I think yeah. I saw it in like an Entertainment Tonight or an EPK kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's out there mm. somewhere. I'd have to. Yeah. Uh, but though no, that that happens after the bit, like so. Got it. It's in the movie where they're rushing down the hall and Lewis is all excitedly telling them, you know. We gotta do something about it, and they get to the end of the hall, and he introduces his cousin, played by Eugene Levy, and they yeah. step through the door. Or is it they step through the door, and there's another hall, and it's Eugene Levy? But and ultimately, they, yeah. they shortly exit out. To, that's the funny part. Why is the car there? Did Lewis drive the car there? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you know who brought the uniforms? Did Lewis bring all of the uniforms, including <laughs> yes. all of the pistol belts and all of the elbow pads? And the, this is why we can do uh, this podcast because yeah. that movie is what. 30 years old now <laughs> and it never once occurred to me to go who drove the Wait ambulance a minute. <laughs> like yeah. in the the final the final movie the question never comes up because it just goes to and we're gonna go save the day and then they're yeah. off to save the day whereas they're they did film the pit the transition where it's like and everybody into the car did lewis drive it uh there's there's cousin... a few of those you just have to accept it i mean especially in answer yeah. the call like you watch uh, you watch Abby take a lead pipe to all of the proton packs, and then a scene later, they've all got the proton packs on, and it's like, wait, did they have to fix the proton packs? Did they have more spare proton packs? So <laughs> just don't give in. Everything's fine. It's a movie about people that fight paranormal entities. There you go. Little suspension of disbelief is okay. To uh, paraphrase uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, don't pull on that. You don't know what it's attached to. <laughs> exactly. Don't pull on that. 
But uh, all right. So at, at any rate, let's we'll get back onto the rundown. Sorry, everybody out there for humoring us. Um, we're sorry. We're not sorry. We're not sorry. This is this is the whole reason. Again, this is our poker night. This is Chris and I, I getting to talk shop a little bit. So, uh, hey, speaking of talking shop, um, I did not get to play in the uh, night of slime that happened on Saturday. Did you get to engage with any of those people? I dropped in on one night of slime three or four years ago. Okay, so not but not one no, of the most recent one. ones. Okay, so the good news is Night of Slime is back because Ghostbusters, the video game, is on Xbox One, like we talked about last week. So yeah. Ghostbusters News, shout out to those guys. They are organizing, I think it's usually Saturday nights. Yeah. Um, they're annual. What's weekly? Not annual. Weekly. I think it's usually weekly. weekly. Or monthly. Monthly. Bi-monthly. Uh, bi-monthly. Night of Slime. Sem- hey. <laughs> Semi-regularly. I think, I don't know if there's going to be any regularity <laughs> to it, but but shout out to the Ghostbusters news guys because they, they usually are really good about getting the word out. Um, we are going to try to help them boost that signal because Night of Slime is a lot of fun. The multiplayer is also very barren. I've, I've gone on maybe two or three times since the backward compatibility has, has come back into play and I can't, I can't get a game. I, I played one yeah. game last week before we recorded the podcast and that's the last multiplayer that I've been able to play. So we got to get people on that. I haven't confirmed with anybody, but I have the sneaking suspicion that there should be no problem playing, uh, uh, the Xbox one, versus xbox 360 i don't yeah i think it's it's the same playing the same build right yeah it's the same build it's the same emulation it's the same everything so So if if you're on xbox 360 and you don't have an xbox one you can be included in this you can pop that disc into your xbox 360 and you can play with everybody because they're all playing on the same platform which is great that's that's the benefit of the way that their architecture works so our uh condolences to uh all the playstation players (laughs) out there well, I don't know. I mean, all the PlayStation people are about to get that VR thing, which is going to be pretty. So, yeah, I'll tell you, I actually st- started looking around for uh, mid-price point uh, iPhone iPhone three headsets or oh, iPhone, for iPhone the goggles, three, iPhone the headsets, Google VR cardboard head, yeah. or whatever they're called. Yeah, it's just sitting there staring at me, and I'm kind of like, I kind of want to play with it. So I've been looking at them. You know, I could pick one up for forty bucks. That might be fun. Yeah, it's. Uh, all I can think about is the Oral Knots uh, video that they just posted up where they're making fun of the VR headset that they sell at 2 o'clock in the morning on the Hallmark channel that it's like, <laughs> if you want something to strap your phone closer to your eyes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was there watching, are better uh, ones out there. I turned on YouTube and went to a, uh, a BuzzFeed video, one of their people who this do this. And it was like, people who hate roller coasters ride a roller coaster. <laughs> And it played as a uh, split screen. And I'm kind of like, what? And it turned out that's what it was. Uh, it was pumps VR, out, 3D. VR 360 yeah. views and all that. I'm like, uh, I kind of want to be able to play around with that. You got to join. Be, be one of the VR people, Chris. Yeah. One of us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but so, um, so at any rate, so yeah, night of slime, we'll keep you guys posted when those, those pop back up on the radar. We'll, we'll try to give you ample notice as long as uh, the ghostbusters news guys let us know ample notice. Just saying Jason, uh, uh, okay. We're, we're hitting the hour mark. There's a couple of merch items that I want to hit. Um, 
I wanted to talk about this this Funko Pop uh, T-shirt that I found at Target. It's it's pretty cool. It's an exclusive to Target. Uh, it's like it's kind of a recreation of the original Ghostbusters poster with the Funko Pop, which means that uh, Winston is not included. But then the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is behind it. I was going to talk about where's Winston and eh, whatever. We we won't get into that because I feel like we've covered it. But I want to know about that Zool hoodie that you tracked down or saw on a web video or what what was that where did that come from chris this this hoodie that you posted about on your social feed and the guy the guy reached out to you and was like i got one for you here you go what, <laughs> what was that sort of it wasn't the guy uh, what it was is a friend of mine reposted a video of uh, drone racing uh what did they call it really big story really great story Drone drone it's, racing like they're actually running slaloms with the RC drones. Yeah, okay. yeah. There's there's a you know growing number of channels on Facebook and YouTube and all that that tell these little you know uh, video magazine type stories. And this one was about uh, VR drone racing. Uh, not which is not cheap. That's a thousand dollar setup. I went looking. So you you build yourself a drone. These are racing drones, meaning they have. Uh, they have these really big, fat, wide, and I think slightly soft blades. They're not protected or anything like that. And uh, they have a like a camera built into them. Right. Yeah. And you run them with the controller in your hands and uh, watch, you know, heads up through the the, the you know, these VR goggles, and you race the damn things. Like they, uh. this this video, they they took over some dead mall. And set up these massive routes and you know hoops and rings and oh my god that's tunnels cool. I and do that. lights and yeah that's Where why that's how up? I know how much yeah. it costs because I was like how much does this cost <laughs> but um, I, I realized I have a problem because I've gone through life um, I can spot I, I'm sure anybody listening to this has the same thing right it's just it's just a practice thing we've we've internalized Ghostbusters to the point that uh, um, if you see it it pops out at you. Like I've, I've annoyed the hell out of people where I'm watching movies. Like when they walk through video stores, like I know in the background of clerks at the video store, there's a copy of ghostbusters. Right. There's yeah. other movies with video stores. And yeah, I can point out the ghostbusters. I've spotted ghostbusters on the spine. It was a video <laughs> store or a shelf or something. And it wasn't pointed face out. It was inwards like a book. And I saw the spine of it and went, that's ghostbusters. Yeah. Like the logo, just your brain, well, and that's, that's and part of, like, for whatever it was, 20 years, there was nothing happening, so we were dissecting any reference of Ghostbusters that and happened you, to be yeah. out there. Yeah. And you didn't want to miss it, so you were always yeah. looking for it. You didn't want to miss it. Well, anyways, and this guy's at the end of the video, just near the end, he's sitting there with his son doing some practice racing in, in, a, in a garage, and uh, like a, a parkade garage, and <laughs> the, the, this short three-second uh, shot or two-second shot flips by of, uh, you know, of his back and his son's back and all that, and my brain goes, Zool. I'm like, what? Zool. <laughs> and, and I go back, and he's wearing a hoodie with a stylized outline of of a terror dog head, and then in big letters, Zool. And I'm like, what is that? And where what? do I get it? So I pinged him. Um, uh, his name's Conrad Miller. I can't remember his racing name, <clears throat> but the video's up on Proton Charging. You should watch it. It's like, oh, it's fun. I really want to do drone racing now, but. Um, I asked him, I was like, where do I get one? And he's like, it was a team captain thing. So there's a San Francisco uh, uh, company and race team. They produce 3D printed uh, drone frames and all this and, and the components to build your own. And 
and uh, yeah, they do their own racing. And they, yeah, that was the so as a team captain or a, a competing captain or whatever, he had this hoodie with the Zool thing on it. But the funny fun part is, is that I pinged him and he pinged back saying, "Nah, it's just a captain thing." I'm sorry, man. The 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 company itself pinged me and went, uh, "We got hats and T-shirts." I'm like, <laughs> "I'm in." <laughs> Uh, I posted the link again. If you go to Proton Charging and watch the video in the comments, I posted the link to their store too. So the T-shirts aren't for sale. Uh, I guess the hoodies were special for the captains. The T-shirts were for the team, but they had extras. Mm. And then the hats you can buy. And I, boy, did I buy a hat! Oh, they, man. They'll, they'll throw in some stickers. Um, yeah, they're cool. They kind of look like the like the lacrosse kind of logos on the back or whatever. I mean, it's it's yeah. very pro sports looking, but it's it's very cool because it's. Again, like when you see uh, nerd stuff put into name brand logos, and you go, "Oh, that's clever! I want that." It's it's one yeah. of those kind of things. So I'm really looking forward to that, and the hat especially. Like I'm gonna wear yeah. that with pride. Yeah. Um, so oh, that's yeah, awesome. it's, um, I'm glad they reached yeah. out to you. That's that's pretty cool. I uh, gotta love Twitter, right? So yeah, nice of them. Uh, hey, okay, so before we go, Chris, we have some late breaking news that we need to talk about here. The People's <laughs> Choice <laughs> Awards. <laughs> yep. These are the awards that are chosen by the people. By the people. That I've heard. I, I think that's the rumor. Uh, those are happening I don't as... Tru- <laughs> Let's be honest here. <laughs> I don't trust people. I don't trust people's choices lately. I really don't <laughs> trust people's choices lately. But that's but, okay uh, because they've done some good choosing for the most part. Uh, they yeah. have selected Melissa McCarthy as their best comedic actress of the year. Uh, they also chose Bad Moms as the best comedy of the year over Ghostbusters, but that's okay. Bad Moms was pretty funny. I actually, I, I will admit, I enjoyed that movie a lot. But uh, <laughs> so Melissa McCarthy is actually accepting the award as we record this. We're gonna hold on, Chris. I think by the power of technology, I think we're gonna be able to patch this in. Here we go. Here's here's Melissa McCarthy on stage right now. And your choice for favorite comedic movie actress is. Melissa McCarthy. This is Melissa McCarthy's fourth People's Choice Award. Wow. Hey guys, it's really hi, hi there. I'm a fan of people. I am a people. I was uh, born of people. Uh, and I, I, you know, for this, I want to thank you that I am lucky enough that I get to go to work and do something that I love every day. And that is 99.9% because of you and work with people that I love. And this year I get to work with my lovely real life husband, Ben, and my work husband, Paul Feig. And all of these amazing, amazing women in this category who are so dear to me and inspire me, and I love them. I love them too. I mean, you know, have we tussled? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've, we've gotten into it on a couple separate various occasions. I mean, would I call it like hand-to-hand combat? Maybe, maybe I would, you know, three of them. Three of them I would put into a hand-to-hand combat category. Uh, Kendrick's too quick. She's wiry. But uh, am I a better person for, for physically getting into call altercations with them? You bet. You bet I am. 
Kristen Wiig and I were together when we found out that we were both nominated and we just lit into each other. I mean, just right off the bat. And what's, what you may not know about Kristen is her wingspan is incredible. I mean, it is, she is like a beautiful, strong, aggressive orangutan with that, that reach, that reach in her, her ability. Kristen Bell and uh, Rebel Wilson slashed my tires. And I gotta say, bravo, ladies. You got me, and you got me good. Fool me once, though. And if you do it again, Belle, I will, I will come at you like a house on fire. So it's, I just want to be up front. So I want to thank all the lovely ladies in this category. I want to thank everybody here and everybody watching that votes and supports movies and, and is excited about maybe trying to put a little bit of joy into the world. And for thanks for putting up with my bits and letting me keep my first longest, steadiest job and stop borrowing money from my parents. So thank you. Magic. Matt, I've, it's it's like we're broadcasting live. I, I couldn't have played it. You may have played that up a bit too much. No, I didn't play anything up too much. <laughs> yeah, and we now, were, with the power of my mind, I concentrate breaking. hard to press the button. Look over here, look over here, look over here. Oh, and your spoon is bent. <laughs> Fine. Anyway, congratulations, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Um, we're really glad. I mean, it, the fact that the People's Choice Awards, because they were done by the aggregate clicking and the online stuff and... Yeah. I worried we were heading down a very dark path once again, and it's good to see that some some positivity emerged from that. So congratulations, Melissa McCarthy. Uh, Shout-outs to Paul Feig and Kristen Wiig and, and everybody that were in those those acceptance speeches. So um, Maybe that's hey. what Chris Hardwick was coming out of. Uh, I think Maybe. It, but that was live. That was just now, Chris. How could that, how could that possibly be? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, okay. there, there's so many. This is this is award season here in Hollywood. It's like January, February, March. We just start. It's all self congratulatory. It's like the awards for award shows is about to start airing out here. So get ready for the uh, best presentation of a best actor award, which will go to uh, <laughs> best writing in an, a variety award show goes to. The hosties. The hosties. Where we give it awards for the best yeah. host of an award show. Who's the Who's the one writer that always writes all of those? Uh, oh God, it's um, I, I'm trying. Paul Lind is on my mind, but that's I blame Gilbert Godfrey's podcast. It's uh, uh, Bruce Valanche. Bruce, yeah, Bruce Valanche. Yeah, he's the uh, writer. He used on to all write for Whoopi and all that. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's going to get an award from himself to himself for best writing. Yeah. The, the Bruce Valanche Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> He's going to receive the Valanche to Bruce Valanche. Valanche. Yeah. Did, last week, did we talk about the, um, was it the Golden Globes with uh, Christian Wig and, and Steve Carell? Steve Carell? No, we didn't actually talk about that. That was that was last week, and I think that's what Chris Hardwick was coming out of. But uh, Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's great. What I love about whenever they're giving out awards to comedians or if they're uh, present, presented by comedians. Uh, you know it's going to be funny. Yeah. Um, you know, you get, uh, Mark Wahlberg has to give it an award. Somebody's going to have to write something for him, and it'll right. it'll be a little cue cardy and all that. But uh, Melissa McCarthy, very funny. And then yeah, the Golden Globes, Kristen Wiig and Steve Carell talking about when animation first touched their lives, but the 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 first movie they re- animated movie they remember seeing and they were all for horrible things. There's a touch of gremlins in the, in it in, in that there's. <laughs> 
Steve Carell's like, it was Fantasia, and we went with a family, and it was great. And then we, we you know, came out to the hall, and Mom was there and confronted Dad <laughs> about being unfaithful, and that was the last time I saw my dad. <laughs> we call that Fantasia Day. You know, just... Um, so, yeah, I, I like it when comedians yeah, actually are... accept or give awards because they're always funny. Uh, it was funny. like that one uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley did the best makeup award and they came out with, like, horrible makeup on. Like, just all of the, like, red, pink stuff in their cheeks. Yeah. And, yeah, that was pretty good. But, uh, anyway, congratulations to Melissa McCarthy. Uh, well-deserved. I mean, and, and not just for Ghostbusters. She's been entertaining people for... For yeah. a lot of a lot of years, and it's good to see her continue to get that recognition. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. stoppers! I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. Do. And Twitter accounts. Print is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Well, Chris, we uh, we rambled. We talked about um, patches for fifteen. You 20 say minutes that there, like we don't, but, like we haven't been we, doing it for three we years. Ramble, yeah, for three years we've been rambling. I mean, we're rambling well, men. That's that's a, what a we should rename this podcast. Yeah, technically, year and a half. Yeah, uh, <coughs> but uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, I think it's really telling because we can have these conversations. These are the stuff that things that we've talked about on on message boards and on twitter and on facebook ad nauseum like we just literally love to talk about this subject and i think hopefully you guys enjoy listening to us uh the response to last week's episode uh, again thank you guys so much for listening you guys are the best i I love hearing everybody's feedback and and just the overwhelming support that we got for being back on the air it just it was it, it really meant a lot to us especially after a little bit of a hiatus and you know, there were there were some cobwebs. We were shaking some some of the cobwebs off when we recorded, but uh, nice nice to kind of be back and 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 be talking about stuff that we love. So um, you know, thank thank you guys, uh, and I want you guys to to participate more. We want you guys to call in uh, to the voicemail line, uh, send us emails, send us tweets. We're gonna try to get you involved in this show as much as we as we possibly can, but. Uh, in the meantime, we do like to do one thing on every single show, and that is put Chris Stewart on the spot. Chris Stewart, oh. welcome to your final thoughts, sir. The stage is yours. <laughs> my final thoughts. My thoughts lately have been, I don't know if my collectibles wall that I'm building is going to be enough room. Oh, you're kidding. You're not going to have enough room? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm looking at it. <coughs> it's... um. Or it's going to be very packed. We'll see. I'm. Uh, I had a couple of things that I'm going to do that I'm kind of keen on. I, I, I bought myself some. Uh, uh, actually, once we get done here, I think I'm going to. I've stained the boards. 
uh, except for some touch-up that I need to do on the ends. And then I'm going to put those up, which means after it dries, probably tomorrow. So the wall will technically be done. You're getting close. These are finishing. You're talking finishing touches here. Yeah. I mean, I still got two other walls that are meant for DVDs and books. Um, but the collectible specific wall is almost done. But my thought is, is yeah, I don't... I don't know. There's a few items I have, too. That's part of the problem. Is I have a few items that I don't know how I'm going to display them. Like, I have a... I think we may have talked about it before. It's one of my oddest collectibles. And it was when... Uh, Sears, I think. Uh, if you've been to a Sears, like they, they're like big, big department stores and all that. But Sears used to be everywhere in every small town, and the the ones in small towns weren't department stores. They were like small stores that you went in and ordered out of the catalog. Do you know what I mean? Like it was a uh, yeah, almost like a store a store pickup now. Like when you go yeah. into Best Buy and you've ordered something online, it it was like one of those yeah. counters. I re- yeah, I remember. It was kind of like, like that. Yeah. And to that end, since space was at a premium, if they wanted to show you the quality of something or what something was like, uh, in some cases, large items often got shrunk down. You still see them sometimes. So you go to stores and it's like, here's a tent, and this is it at like one eighth scale. I but just can't to give fit you an in idea that of a tent. Like, yeah, I can't fit in that. What is this? A tent for ants? <laughs> um, I have a, a real Ghostbusters uh, uh, sleeping bag. That the, is the mini one. The mini one that no. was made. It was it was meant for putting on a little display on a shelf at one yeah. of these pickup. It was. At, I don't know how to Toys display that here. It, I remember was that it? vividly. Oh, uh, I remember that so well because they, you know, Toys R Us was one of those places where you would have to go. You'd walk down the aisles, but the aisles just had those little sleeves with pieces of paper in them, and then you would take right. that up to the fulfillment desk, and they would pull right. it from the back for you. Well, and that, that was one of those things. It was one of those sleeping bags. I've never heard of it at Toys R Us. That's interesting because I, everything I went looking into was uh, Sears, but I guess multiple places. But yeah, used yeah. It. But that's a good example. If that thing folded out, it's like a foot by two feet, and it's fabric. Like, how do I display it? I don't know. So there might be some items that uh, I'll have to. Uh, I, I deliberately left a big clearance space of about two feet after, at the, from the floor to the the, la- the lowest shelf and that was meant for putting like big boxes and stuff like yeah. that like down there um, but now that's I for may, the sleeping bag yeah I, what I may do is I may get myself some nice uh, storage like plastic storage containers and then anything that doesn't fit up on a shelf easily I'll put down because yeah. then I can slide the container out and pop it open thank you I solved the problem there you go my final yeah. thought is solved the problem <laughs> but uh, what I'm really excited about is I went to uh, and bought um, a couple of wire you know the desktop file folder or paper holders right yeah, yeah they just but they're tiered you know what I mean so like the accordion style ones like those no no the, it's a sometimes they're like clear lucite and all that they're like there's the vertical uh, not vertical horizontal um in and out box that you can get for your desk or the flip side is it's a it's a vertical one where you slide it's oh god i don't even yeah, know yeah like, it. A, like an inbox uh, one of those yeah sort of okay though, yeah. Gotcha. it's a little it's a yeah. little wire rack that you can drop papers and folders into and it's tiered so that one folder is an inch higher from the one in front of it and there's about six tiers and it occurred to me i'm like i'm gonna get a couple of those and i'm gonna use it to display my uh my records 
because I got a lot of Ghostbusters oh, records. That's a great there. idea. I thought this is perfect. I can put them in these slots. Yeah, and then they're well, stair-stepped up so you can kind of see the yeah. back. Yeah, that's a great idea. And, I, and when I'm bored, I can shuffle it around to you know put a different one in front and all that. But so, and the other thing is. Um, uh, under the cabinet wine racks like the wine glass racks mm-hmm. yeah those the, yeah, the sliding a, racks yeah i'm buying a couple of those because they're designed to bolt into the bottom of something i may have to so it's two pieces of wire that come in so you can put stemware hanging from it so i'll have to get in there with my little reciprocating saw and a fine tooth uh, blade and zap off the second one so it'll leave i think the rack i bought has like it four rows so I zap off every second one. Um, what I've got then is I've got a wire rack that allows me to hang, like, for example, the mini mates that, that have the pegboard hook. Oh, oh. So I can actually, from the underside of these things, I can hang a bunch. Or uh, I'm looking at the Hot Wheels. A lot of the Hot Wheels have the pegboard hook. So I can uh, I can put all my Hot Wheels and Johnny Lightnings. Not, not for your racks. stem glassware. You're not... not uh, for, no, oh. I'm repurposing... Got I'm pulling an Alton it. Brown, and I'm uh, <laughs> I'm turning unitaskers into multitaskers. And, and I thought you were you were going to turn into a bar. I thought this was going to be like Sean Bishop style. It would be like a a nerd cave slash speakeasy. But well, right. that's what the big table's for. Oh, oh, say no more. Okay, there we go. I, uh, there's room. I, I, maybe I'll find myself a little. Actually, one of the things that'll end up down here is I have a beautiful uh, '60s uh, uh, picnic uh, bar. So it's a little tiny suitcase that opens up and holds a few bottles and has the shaker and all that. Yeah, and see, there you I go. I got my, my Crystal Head vodka shaker will replace the one that it came with. and uh, As it should. I mean, Yeah, as it should. All of that Crystal Head vodka stuff, you know. You got to put so the little... That's th- oh, your final thought, sorry. I no, interrupted no, your final thought. I was going to say you got to put the little rubber mat thing out. The one thing that I have not ever been able to find is the little Crystal Head vodka rubber mat from the bars that they used to put out there. Oh, I've never seen that. Yeah, you need that too with your picnic basket. And anyway, but that that was not worth interrupting your 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 final thought for. No, no, that's a good one. I'm I'll roll with it. I don't know. I mean, I don't. This is not really a man cave. I'm trying to basically turn the. uh, It's not a huge basement, and I'm trying to basically turn it into an office media room, basically. Yeah, it's functional. It's also your recording studio so that people can listen to you on the crossrip here. Yeah. That I don't know. Really there's well. something there's something galling about the whole man cave idea. It's like, well Yeah. I like my living room too, right? Like it's not like Is I need that to my man anywhere. cave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or uh, We used to have studies also, and dens. Now we have man yeah, caves. Yeah. yeah dens, yeah. yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah, well, that's, keep, that's my final thought is I'm, I'm so close. You're so close. Keep, keep everybody, keep posting those photos as you progress through stuff. Cause I love seeing the sort of, maybe it is like the HGTV in me that I like to see, like, here's where it started. Here's your progress. And here's where it ends up. So we got to see the final product here. So keep, keep people posted, man. I'll keep doing it. I'll keep doing it. All right. Do it, do it. <laughs> and and until next week, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. So we, we can get an update from Chris Stewart and his final thoughts on, on how his project is going. But until then, keep your uh, eyes peeled and your ears to the ground for IDW's uh, Ghostbusters annual. It's, it's, it's coming out there. We'll keep everybody posted on that, too. And Chris's project, like always on the Crossrip, we'll do our best to keep you informed on all things Ghostbusters including patches yes we'll talk about patches much much more all right we'll see you guys next week on the cross rip see you on the other side Ow!
Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. Hey, this could be one of my two favorite shows. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to know this. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Weird. Patches. Patches. Patches.